My name's Tamsin Westhorpe and welcome to Fresh from the Pod Gardening Stories. In this episode, I head via Zoom to Accra in Ghana to speak to Rosalind Nuchiga. She has opened a garden centre during lockdown that focuses on health, climate and the environment. And I've been so inspired by her story, which I've been closely following over the last year on Instagram. I just had to find out more and share it with you. Rosalind also features in the new book, My Real Garden, that's been created by a gardening community on Instagram, headed up by garden designer Anne-Marie Powell and supported by Candide. The aim is to share people's real gardens and real stories during lockdown and to raise money for the charity Green Fingers. Join me as I head to the sunshine to discover more about Rosalind's inspiring journey. Brilliant. Well, Rosalind, I cannot believe I'm talking to you on Zoom. It is so exciting. I've been following your incredible story and I just have to find out more. So, dear listener, Rosalind is in Ghana in um, Accra by the, by the Atlantic Ocean. That's right, isn't it, Rosalind? That is totally right. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. You got it right. So we met on Instagram and Rosalind decided crazily to open a garden centre at the beginning of lockdown why and how how did that happen okay um first of all Tamsin I'm going to say thanks so much for this opportunity I mean it's amazing um speaking in real time with you um from across the the miles and and it's well it's hot in Ghana it's hot and humid um I'm not sure uh, well, I mean, whether I'm making you jealous by saying this, but it's actually warm. So Accra, as you said, is in Ghana. I'm, I'm in Accra, Ghana, in West Africa. And um, my story goes like this. On the 27th of April last year, I just said to myself, it was a now or never thing. I needed to get on with my 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 dream, my desire to have a, um, a green space. I think it was actually born out of my la- my extreme love and passion for plants and gardens. And um, I actually, later on, reminiscing, I I realized that I actually want to own all the plants and flowers I can possibly own. I want to have all the plants around me and the flowers and trees that I can possibly have. And one way of satisfying that desire was to have a garden center. In that case, I could actually, you know, propagate, plant, you know, buy, bring in all the plants and and flowers I, I wanted to without actually feeling too guilty because then I would be sharing them with others who would come to enjoy them or would buy them. So I, I think that, part, I mean, apart from my passion for plants, that must be it. I mean, I realized that it was my innate desire to have plants all around me all the time. And th- this was one way of satisfying it. And the, and the lockdown made it possible. So why did the lockdown make it possible? Why, why was it easier? Or to just give you time, okay. did it? Yeah, yeah, and that's basically it. Um, in my well, if I don't want to say normal life, but my day-to-day life, I actually have a, I run a corporate communications consultancy. I own um, a consultancy called Lindy Way Corporate Services, and we support organizations, companies, and groups and associations with their positioning, so branding, PR, marketing, and all of that. And so, um, I mean, that was my nine to five. Basically, it was my life for the past say over 10 years and 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 so 
as much as I enjoyed having my plants in my garden and all that, I, I realized that I didn't, I wasn't given much time to get my plants. And um, I didn't have the time. Um, I didn't have the, that well, the energy after trying, you know, after doing my nine to five, I didn't have the energy either. I didn't have, I felt I didn't have the, the money, the funds to do, to do, to set up the garden space, which I kind of always wanted to do. And so um, during the lockdown, I realized that I had the time. Suddenly I had so much time on my hands. That was the first thing. The second thing was um, the energy. Of course, I needed to, you know, expend the energy somehow. And so that gave me a good opportunity. I go into, I go into the garden and then I'll, you know, start planting, we'd start digging up and all of that. And then thirdly, the finances. But then during the lockdown, I think I did, as well as a lot of other people realized that money wasn't everything and that we could make do or we could make do with the little that we had. So I thought, well, I've got lots of plants that I've propagated myself, that I've bought, that I've been gifted with. And so why don't I start with those? And so money was suddenly not an issue. I just got on with it. Um, but just to go back a bit, because I've always loved plants, I kind of had a couple of um, gardener friends. Or in Ghana, we, we have um, young men and sometimes ladies who obviously garden, and we call them gardeners. I mean, they're not formally educated or anything, but they go around cleaning up and gardening in um, various gardens. So I had a few of those on my on my speed dial because, I mean, sometimes I would go to <laughs> I love, I love that. I, I know, because I, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'd call them and would either together with them or some one or more of uh, more of them, we'd go and maybe um, do a job in somebody's garden. Because I mean, as much as it wasn't a formalized thing, I, I kind of I enjoyed it. So I would call a couple of them and would go and would spruce up somebody's garden, or and I would speak about my kokidamas later. But then, yes, we started making the kokidamas. And so we sometimes sell them in markets, in the Saturday sort of pop-up markets. And so I didn't do that sort of formally or, you know, regularly, but I would. So when I realized that I wanted to do, you know, start a garden center during the lockdown, actually, maybe I should backtrack again, because I didn't actually start with wanting to have a garden center. I just wanted to sort of create a garden, a green space. To share. So, yes, to share, to invite people into when the lockdown was over, because I realized that some people didn't have any green spaces or any gardens to enjoy. So I just took a portion of our garden and I just, I called two of my gardeners and I said to them, why don't you guys come? Uh, and I mean, this was when after the lockdown was lifted and they could, you know, um, obviously move around more freely. But I started during the lockdown and then I called them in and then I said, let's just start doing, I mean, support me to, to, to develop this space. And they did. And I have a carpenter that I call on. I called him. He came and did some woodwork. I mean, it, it's just been an amazing journey. So it transformed a bit of a, a brown patch into a green, vibrant space. And then I spoke to my friends about it. And they, they just started visiting. And then one thing led to the other. Before I knew... I had really started my journey without consciously, you know, setting off to start it. Yeah, so it was but very natural. The line, it was a natural progression. It was yeah. a natural progression as much as, yeah. 
I mean, what I think we can learn from you, uh, you know, our garden centres here are very much sort of places where you go and shop. You go in with your trolley, you're in, you're out. Not many of them have sort of areas to sit. I mean, they're all different, but the sort of traditional garden centre. And what I love about your ethos with yours is it's so linked to to health, the climate and the environment. Uh, you're recycling things. Um, I just I just think it's really refreshing. And you're obviously welcoming people just to come and sit. Uh, they don't have to necessarily buy anything. So is is this a sort of garden centre vibe that is, is that how garden centres are in Ghana? Um, or is that your vibe? Yes, I think that's my vibe. I'd like to claim it as mine, but I'm <laughs> sure other people have similar ideas. But I, I what... I have in my experience in Ghana, I haven't been to a garden center. And and I guess people don't usually call them garden centers either here. They're gardens or they they people sell plants. So you can the the number of um spaces where you can pick up plants along the roads in Ghana, along the main roads as well as some of the side roads, mm-hmm. people set up you know, um, rows and rows of plants and they sell them and it's not illegal or anything. People sell plants. So you can pick up, you're driving along, you can buy some plants off the side of the road and yeah, you just can't be sure of the, of the quality of soil and of the quality of the plant, but then you can, it's, it's possible. And then the few um, sort of, I guess they would call them gardens or well, shop garden shops or whatever, but they're, they're open air where people sell plants in a more sort of, um, welcoming environment, yeah. But in in my experience, I haven't been to any that you know. I felt like this is a place where I can actually sit, read. Um, I won't, you know, I won't feel compelled to leave. Um, the ambience is serene. There's, you know, there, there are interesting things to catch my eye. The plants are potted in nice pl- pots, plastic or otherwise, um, and that I can buy some if I choose to, and. So, I mean, I haven't seen any like that. I mean, there are variations, as I said. They're, they're downright, you know, low-key ones, nothing much. And then there are the upmarket garden shops where you can actually sit and maybe have a coffee. But they, those are like in enclosed spaces. I kind of, I, I wanted, to, even though I didn't have the space, I wanted to create like the, the feeling of a botanical sort of center. Yeah. You, know, you can definitely buy your plants and your plant accessories and, resources and everything but you can also learn because I wanted it to be an space where people exchange information and believe me it has happened I mean it was I I didn't plan it I mean I'm sorry I didn't expect it to happen so quickly but I've got people coming in sharing information with me as well as with other visitors to the garden space and the green space and it's amazing how it's happening I've learned so much of so many people and I get so many suggestions yes the speed in which your business has changed. So I remember you you put a post up that you were moving to a new venue and then you're doing your own sort of cocktails and then you're doing these training courses. Then you've got your own compost mix. I mean, where you're you're dynamic. Where do you think this is going to take you? Where where's what's the dream? Thank you. Th- thanks for the compliments. And I mean, it's, it'll be easy to say that I, I did this all by myself. Of course, it was my vision, but I've got lots of good people helping me um, along the, the journey. So I started off, as I said, in a, it was it's a, actually our old family home where I started this uh, experiment, if I can put it that way. And 
And over time, I realized that it was it wouldn't work there long ter- longer term. So um, we we had a patch of land, as in my family, as a patch of land, which was you know basically there was nothing, no structure on the on the on the property. So I um, I decided to move the garden there. So I yeah, I started and I I've got before and after pictures. I don't know if you've seen those, but there was absolutely nothing on the on the property. It was full of weeds and obviously, a few, I mean, some rubbish that gets was thrown there by I don't know who. And so we actually started clearing the land in November. Yeah. So I got got the land cleared. I, I then I realized that it didn't have any. Well, it had a couple of trees which I had gone and planted almost two years ago because I realized that then, if even back then, I had this dream of starting the green center there, uh, garden center there. I just didn't know how, when, or how you know how I'd go about it. So I planted three trees actually, and two, two of them really. Um, well, survived and were growing. I didn't visit the space very often, though, over that two-year period. But uh, two of them survived, and the other kind of was sickly and not doing so well. And and then, so on the two, uh, mid-November, uh, second week of November, we started clearing the land. And then I realized suddenly that, oh, my word, I didn't have much shade on the land. And most of the plants, obviously, the shade-loving plants would suffer. Um, and in Ghana, the sun... Is very sunny, if I can put it that way. It's so, really so hot. your climate is so now March and April. That's the hottest, isn't it? It is. Yes, February, March, April. It's absolutely sweltering, and our heat is very I mean, well. The, the, the climate is humid, so it's hot and humid. And then the rains come sort of in April. So interestingly, last year, soon after I started sort of um, developing the garden space, oh. it started raining, and that was like you know complete, you know, sort of confirmation of everything I needed because we had rainwater and that is like, there's nothing like rainwater in my experience, you know, so it rained and then the garden just flourished like overnight. It was, it was, I saw it visibly flourishing, like from one point when it was so hot and dry, sort of in, in April and then in May, the rains and ah, it was amazing. So fast forward to now. So we cleared, well, to late last year, cleared the land, started and I realized we didn't have much shade so I put up the um, I had my carpenter put up the summer hut um well, what I call a summer hut and then I realized that that wouldn't be enough so we built some sheds I built a thatched roof sort of structure pergola kind of structure and then we moved on the 22nd of December and then when I was moving my plants Tamsin I was like amazed we had to move almost 20 truckloads of plants. 20 truckloads? <laughs> I promise you, I've got the receipts to show it. It's. I didn't realize I had accumulated or propagated so many plants. So we had to move. It was, it was expensive. It was time consuming. It was um, sort of, it was exciting. It was kind of scary because... The thing about plants is that you can't pile them one on top of the other. And the kind of, you know, tracks I was using, you know, floodbed. So we had to move them one by one. And and it's just been amazing. So we moved the plants and then obviously laying them out, putting them out, deciding what goes where. I mean, I don't have much of a Christmas because no. on the 22nd of December. I haven't had any rest. Hence my not feeling well. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Gosh. I'm now exhausted. But 
it's been an amazing journey. It has just been incredible. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sorry. It's just your your Instagram yeah. is full of smiles yeah. and people just so excited. It's amazing. I mean, I I feed off people's joy when they come in. The number of people who've come in and said, wow, this space, we need more. I mean, we need more spaces like this because mm. I think the difference in Ghana is we don't have parks. And every country I've visited across, I mean, well, I've visited a few countries, both in Africa and in Europe. And I, one of the places I always go to is I, I, I try to find parks, gardens, or, you know, places of green spaces to, to just go and hang out, just to learn. To I didn't know what was leading to this, but I've picked up stuff from South Africa, ideas from, from, from um, Hampton Court Palace. I've picked up, I've visited Kew Gardens. I visited, you know, gardens in South Africa, and and even and even in Amsterdam. I went to the Kerkenhof um, a couple of years ago. So I, I've kind of tried to bring a little bit of what I've picked up and learned from other gardens into the space. Because uh, I mean, my thing was people need to find happy, green, clean, you know, interesting, play green spaces, garden yeah. centers, and that, that's what I created. So the plant portfolio, the plants you sell, tell us what the sort of the what it plants to expect when you walk in, what grows well for you. I take it a lot of them would be our house plants. Exactly. We have house plants. Okay, maybe I should start by saying, and I don't know if uh, this is going to I'm not formally educated in horticulture. I've never done a formal any formal training in gardening of any kind. So I can't speak to, you know sort of like you know formal education that but uh, what I know is what I've learned over the years from books from the internet from other other you know people who are educated in this space and I have a variety of plants um I think the easiest way I can categorize my plants are shade loving and sun loving plants that makes it easy for the sort of non-gardeners and uh, those who don't have much information to learn so most of them are house plants however I've got park, I mean, I've got trees, I've got ceilings, I've got, I've got a variety of plants and, uh, you know, palms of a variety. I've got about 10 species of palms that I, I sell. I, um, uh, we've cultivated and we've bought some and that we're propagating and selling. I've got, you know, the house plants, so I've got the, you know, a variety of flowering plants, I've got the euphorbias, I've got their locations, I've got their syngoniums, I've got all of those. And 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 people come in and the first question, I mean, those who are not too, you know, um, au fait with, uh, with plant gardens, they say, oh, I, I like to buy a plant. I like to buy a plant. Oh, your plants are beautiful. So my first question is, where do you want to, you know, locate the plant? Because that breaks it down for them. As in, do they want to have a, a house plant to so keep it indoors? Or do they want to, you know, go and transplant and, 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 and or pot it and put it out outside? And if, even if outside is on the balcony, is in the full sun area, and that helps them because I realized that, I mean, I've got to break it down for them. I've got to, you know, try and well help educate them as much as I get educated by others. And so when we decide that, then the next step is. Do they want a flowering plant? Do you want a plant that, you know, you know, we break, we, we kind of go further down, we drill down to try and understand what they, they want. But some a lot of people also come knowing exactly what they want. Yeah. And that that's really helpful. And then we either they they sometimes we have people bringing in their pots 
and we we pot plants for them. I've got I, I have a, a sort of a plant clinic, an informal plant clinic, where people bring. I've had a number of people bring in their ailing plants, and then we help to revive them. I've had one that died on me, and I was really upset. Oh no! Because, I mean, uh, <laughs> I always, yeah, but I always say to um, uh, visitors when they bring their plants, which are not too healthy, that you know. Plants, unfortunately, die sometimes, and you've got to be prepared. But we're going to do everything we can, and we yeah. we, we, ed- we educate this on the, the soil types, so which brings me to the compost, the, the, my potting mix. Yes, tell us so, about that. Yes, very early on in the journey, I realized that, you know, what the, most of the plants I've bought, either from garden shops or from, as I said, from the side of the road or from, you know, gardens in, in Accra, the, the soil type, was not quite right. Um, I realized that the soil was fairly, uh, to the to their naked eye, deficient in nutrients. I mean, if I can put it that way, because it looked, you know, soil was either hard or the plant would be, you know, sort of struggling. Um, you can tell that the, the soil was caked and all that. So very early on in the journey, I decided to try and, you know, and create my own mix. I mean, what I felt was the, was best for the plants. And so in Ghana, you know, what we buy usually or what people buy in sacks for planting is people call it black soil. Right. Because we just, you know. Because your your soil is very, very red, isn't it? Am I right? Is your soil very red? Yes. Not everywhere, but in some places we've got the red looking soil, which is called laterite. So it's lateritic soil. So not necessarily that. So that, okay, so there's lateritic, there's laterite, and then there's also black soil. Or which has a dark sort of you know look, and it's and that's what people use for planting. So since my childhood, I've always known black soil for planting. Mm-hmm. Black soil is good for either crops or whatever. But then um, the soil might look you know right, as in the 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 the, the coloring might might seem right, might be in line with what we call black soil. However, you can tell that it's like sandy or stony or whatever. So I decided to to try to put together what I felt would help the plants that I was growing. So we would buy the black soil, but we would buy it from um, a location where the soil we could tell visibly looked richer. Yeah, and and uh, I'd be known to be more fertile because of you know. So this is outside of a crash. So we'd go outside of a crash to buy the black soil, and and then then I started very early on doing my own um putting together my own compost started a compost heap I don't know how you've done all this you're amazing I, it's <laughs> been an amazing journey <laughs> and then and then obviously um I discovered perlite I mean I knew from traveling and everything that I also I always wondered what the little whitish stony sort of thingies were in the soil that I buy from plants when I lived in South Africa and I lived in London for a while so I, I mean, obviously, I had, I had um, um, researched a bit, and I realized it was perlite or vermiculite. So I decided to include some of that in my soil, and then obviously um, it was what well, the black, what we call the black soil compost, um, perlite, um, cocoa peat. Ah. Uh, I, I don't know if you know of cocoa. No. This is a coconut. Cocoa peat. I know peat is not exactly a, a, a positive. No, we're, we're well, trying um, trying desperately not to, to use it away. here. Yeah. Yes. So what, what does your peat come from, if I can ask? 
Oh, well, it Where comes your from a, na a natural source, places in Ireland, um, but we're all trying to make our own compost or use um, peat alternatives. Um, so okay. I was interested to see what you would use as a, you know, a peat alternative. Mm -hmm. So so the cocoa fibre yes. sounds so good. The, so the coconut. So coconut now, you have the coconut. I would, the co yes, the coconut, uh, as in the fruit. Yeah. The coconut is an amazing fruit because... Out of the pot, you can get your cocoa peat, which is a really compressed, broken down, uh, you know, pulverized. And it's, it's very it's very much like soil. So that comes from the coconut, the husk, the hard shell. It's really, I mean, and, and it's one of the coconut derivatives. Another is the cocoa fiber, which yes. is, the, you know, the fiber, which I use for the cocoa, uh, cookie damas. There's also... And the mulch, which is a broken down shell, the husk, as well as some of the fiber. So that's already three three derivatives. Amazing. It's amazing. So coconut is an amazing product or plant here in, in this environment. So so that's not peat, naturally sort of um, natural peat that you would get, but this is from the coconut. So And we've got loads, oodles of it here. So cocoa peat is um, another of the um, inputs into my, my potting mix. And to, so the cocoa peat, what that does, is it helps to retain moisture and keep the soil yeah, humid. Because for you, I mean, obviously trying to get enough moisture, you 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 get sort of short, sharp rainfalls, don't you? So do you store you a lot of water? Do you store water or how does yeah. that work? Yes, I used to in my previous, um, at the previous location. So off the roof, we had rain gutters and I had big barrels. So we'd use that to store water. Now in this new place, which I've, I've, I've actually, you know, um, created from scratch or built from scratch, I'm in the process of, trying to put rain gutters again, um, create a reservoir of sorts, a tank where I can have as the rains. But we haven't had rain since we went and uh, since we moved. But um, so 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 that's something that's one of the many projects I have coming up. I mean, one of the things I've learned oh, um, managing a garden centre is it never ends. And I can see from your post as well, there's always something to do. There's always so something to do. There's always something to do. I mean, there's, you know, so I speak, I say to my, my, my team, my team members, my fellow gardeners or my, they work with me. So I, as my um, staff, I say to them, you guys, I mean, you can't be sitting down if you're not like eating or something. There's so much to do, you know, there, oh, there's always something. So anyway, that's one of the things. I'm just thinking how lovely it is that, you know, you and I garden in totally different parts of the world but we are learning yeah. from each other. So, I mean, Instagram is an amazing thing, isn't it? Have you, because I know that you've followed My Real Garden and Marie Powell, have you learned a lot by watching UK gardeners? I, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed My Real Garden and their lives. Um, you know, it's, it's just incredible that different people have started following as a result of being, you know, following My Real Garden. And then I, mean, I met you through my real, my real garden, and that's something, you know. And I can't wait to visit your garden, by the way. I really can't. I can't wait to be able to travel again so I can just go and visit gardens such as yours. So expect me at some point. Oh, well, I think, I yeah, yeah, I'm Anne-Marie and I will probably be visiting you if we can. But um, for those that haven't well, listened... I'm expecting you. Uh, good, I'm good. expecting you in Ghana. Good, 
So those that haven't picked up on this, so Anne-Marie Powell is a Chelsea Flower Show designer. She went live every day for 100 days during the lockdown. And we've now created this book, she and I together, which Rosalind is featured in. Um, And um, it's just magical, the connections made across the world through just, you know, Anne-Marie doing live Instagrams. And you, because I went through all the stories for the book, when I got to yours, I rang Anne-Marie straight away and went, you've got to read this. This is just unbelievable. This lady's opened a garden centre. She's crazy. <laughs> um, but it's just, it, there's just nothing like it. Is They're just sharing this passion for, for plants and gardens. It's just, it's addictive. It is totally addictive. I can't tell you um, enough how much I to go back to my real garden. I mean, I just happened upon it. I've been trying to remember what actually led me to that the, um, the account. But I think I was just, you know, because I started following a lot of plant um, sort of accounts on Instagram, I, I, it came up and I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I listened and I love the sort of the, the way Anne-Marie just, you know, made gardening even more fun. And as you said, it, gardening is totally addictive. I mean, I wake up and I'm thinking plants. I sleep, I'm thinking, I'm dreaming plants. I, you know, what to do next? And so, and I also, to, to actually embark on a journey like this, you've got to have a bit of crazy. And I think I must have a little bit of that. Just I like think you, you have. You, you've got to have a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, talking to plants, speaking to plants, making asking them how they're doing when I go in the morning. Surely, I mean, there must be something slightly off. But anyway, in a good way, though. So, um, yeah, so my real that the, the main thing for me is that, you know, planting across the globe is the same. Yeah. You plant, you have to be patient, you've got to, you know, you've got to feed what it is you're doing and then you will get good results. Sometimes you're disappointed, but it's just life. And I keep telling people, you know, you plant however many, some will work out, some will not work out. That is life. And you've yeah. got to be patient gardening. And then the, the the main difference for me between this side of the globe and yours is the type of plants, maybe. Yeah. And the, the rain. We get the a rain. lot of rain. rain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, totally right. The one thing also is um, I realized that, you know, one of the things, yes, I wanted to understand was, and I need to be educated on that. And I'm, I've been speaking to, you know, horticulturists and a few other people is I want our plants somehow don't flower as much as yours in your part of the world. Oh, that's you know, interesting. They, they do flower. But yes, it's something I've noticed. And so one of the things I wanted to do was to get to find more flowering plants, to figure out how to get the fl- plants to flower more this end, and then to retain their fl- flowers, their blooms, because obviously, and the heat doesn't obviously help for the blooms, no. because obviously they get, yeah, they get beaten by the heat. But But there are ways around it. And and then, so I decided also then to find plants that have colored leaf foliage. So these have all been interesting things I've kind of tried to figure out across, I mean, over the past year. And, and it's been interesting. One of the things I also want to do is to catalog all the plants in the garden, which I haven't been able to do yet. Yeah, that's quite so timely, to- isn't it? It's quite a task, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, went, I actually went to the University of Ghana, which is in Accra, they have a botanical department, department of, I can't remember the exact title, Department of Horticulture or Botany or something like that. And I've had discussions with them to try and figure out how to do it. Because I think 
as part of the education that I want to introduce into the garden center, I, I'd like to label all the plants or ideally even have QR codes so people can actually go up and then scan them and then learn a bit more about the plant. And, you know, so I know that's you're going you're gonna to do this. I know you. I can just tell everything will be zappable. It. It'd be brilliant. I but what? What's the mood in Accra? Because it's it's quite a busy place, isn't it? Would you say the stress levels are high during this pandemic? Would you say that people are really needing plants more than ever? Because definitely in the UK, we're finding that. Yeah, without a doubt, it's the same here. I've realised that more, more now more so than ever, I find people are starting to plant in their own homes. I find people are coming to the garden and say, oh, they're starting a garden or they need to green their spaces because, you know, we're staying at home more now. We need, even even even, even though it's a small space, I want to bring the outside in. I have so many people coming in and saying that. And I, I've noticed that people are more into gardening. I mean, uh, maybe because I'm also on the journey, I've, I'm attracting more people who are also into gardening. But it's it's it's, it's evident, actually, that, what the lockdown did, what the pandemic has done is to get people to go back to their roots, literally. Yeah. So, and, you know, plant stuff. And, and 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 not just, so a lot of people come in asking me for vegetables, for herbs, for, you know, so I haven't actually embarked on the vegetable journey, but I do have some herbs. We, we grow mint, rosemary, parsley. Um, I've, I've got, I've got lots of, um, oregano um so so it's the journey is yes moving in that direction as well you know to the edibles the vegetables and all that but yeah do you find that people are who who is coming to you is it younger people um is it men is it women is it very mixed it's amazing it's extremely mixed i've got the whole spectrum i mean the most unlikely people walk into the garden and 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 what surprises me is how knowledgeable some of them are. Yeah. You have very, what I found interesting is very young men um, that I wouldn't think would normally be interested in gardening. They come in, so they sometimes have the most beautiful vases or pots and they want plants that would fit in them. And, so they, and they bring, come and they know they bring exactly the pot. Do they bring the pot to some, you? Some people, yeah, some yeah. of them do. Not very many, but I'd say like about 20% yeah. of my clients that is coming and they bring their, they have their pots, which tells me that they have an interest in gardening already, or they want, you know, they are they come already knowing, having some knowledge about plants or gardening. But as you as I was saying, the full range. So I've got children, I've got grandmas, I've got grandpas, I've got parents and families coming in, um, who you know want to green their spaces or who want to just buy the one plant. Um, they come in, they. We have, I mean, I've been having long, lengthy chats with various people about plants and they educate me. I mean, I think that's what I love because I'm picking stuff off people that, you know, I would normally not even think of. And they give me so many ideas. Um, one of the one of the other areas I really love is plant styling or, you know, uh, display, plant display. Yeah. Because I, I tend to think that in, in Ghana or in most places, plants are usually imports on the ground or on the floor of some space. And they may they may or may not be on stands, um, but usually they're at that level 
So I like to elevate plants. I like to hang, I love hanging plants. I love to present plants in a way which is not the, you know, the usual way. So that is an area that I am I'm trying to develop as well. So people come in and we have all these discussions about green walls or vertical gardens and how to, you know, not just to create them, but to 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 to, to uh, manage them because that's a whole different um, requirement. Is that why you love your kokodama balls that you make? They are gorgeous. What are they wrapped in? Because I I was inspired by you and I had to go with some moss. Um, I, I saw that. What what are you what are you using? Okay, so that also happened because that was about two, almost three years ago, when I saw that, again, with this whole um, vision of presenting plants differently, I saw that Kogidama is obviously pot, potless. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let's find out how, how that happens. And I realized that um, by going on YouTube and watching a few other um, Instagram accounts, I noticed that um, in, in the more temperate areas, climates, Moss, there and the moss obviously you use moss yeah. to wrap around the soil which is wrapped around the root of the plant but then we don't at least I, i've never seen in ghana moss being sold in, in any quantity i mean no. it's not sold here so i realized that i'd have to find some alternative so i thought oh, why not use grass because grass is also similar but then uh, so I tried with grass, like, a you know, just a layer of grass. And that obviously didn't look too good because it dried out. And, uh, you know, so then I thought, OK, what's the next best thing? And I actually went to, you know, I went to a garden show because, OK, over the past say, five or so years, um, an, an individual, a private, uh, I think a company started organizing these garden and flower shows in Ghana, which really caught on. And last year didn't happen, obviously, because of the lockdown. And so I, I visited one about two years ago, and I, I was walking past one of the booths, and I realized that somebody was actually um, one of the exhibitors or vendors had the cocoa fiber in the booth. Okay. And I thought, well, what is this? Well, that was my first, my introduction to the coconut derivatives and cocoa fiber in particular. So I asked what it was, and they explained to me, and I thought, hmm, maybe this might work for my kokidamas. So I bought I bought some of that and I went home, experimented, and it actually worked because it's yeah. So take my plant, wrap the root of the plant in soil, encase in soil like we do, make a ball of it, and then wrap it in cocoa fiber, and then just um, wrap it with or wind the string around it. I started using twine, and then mm -hmm. in the when I started doing this kokidama experiment, uh, to water the kokidama, I'd kind of try to first feed water into the, you know, the opening around the, the stem of the plant. But then I realized the water wasn't going, being soaked in the, through, through to the roots. So, I mean, obviously by reading up and I realized the best way to, was to soak the ball. Yeah. The twine got sort of, you know, damaged over time or it just didn't weather well. Or So I realized that ordinary string, which is used for sewing, does a trick. Or cotton, I should say, cotton, cotton, yeah. for, and cotton yarn. And so I started using that, and then I realized I had lots of different colors, and it was just, yeah, from then on. So I'm constantly trying to, you know, um, perfect, if I can, if I can call that perfecting it, to improve upon the kokidamas because I just absolutely love them. We hang them, we put them on mm -hmm. sources, we yeah, they, and, and they look. 
it's so eco, isn't it? You know, no pots. It's just amazing. I love it. I think it's great. I, I agree. And, that, and that's one of, as you said from the beginning, that's one of, you know, the basic um, tenets or the, is the ethos of Green Gold Gardens is, you know, environmentally friendly, be as, I mean, uh, as possible, try and make, uh, you know, keep to the sustainable path as much yeah. as possible. Obviously, you can't achieve that 100% or even, yeah, I'm trying. I still use a lot of plastic pots um, because, uh, I, you know, the plants have to be sold in, in some container, in apart from cookie damas. And so that, that that's the plastic pots. But um, we do our composting. I've got two washrooms or restrooms, or I'm not sure what you call them, in, in the garden. And they're both eco-friendly. There's a um, there's an uh, innovation called bio biodigester. Yes. So the, the uh, yes, you might know of it. So we've got two of those. So that's all helping with my you know greening of the space. Um, Amazing. What else do we? We're going to start harvesting rainwater, um, and and so I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of ways in which we can green this space yeah. even more and make it. And, and that in itself is an education. So for visitors to the garden, I try to, you know, take them along on this on this green journey. Well, I've got to ask before we finish about the two puppies, yeah. Coco and Chanel. How are they doing? Coco and Chanel are amazing. So my husband comes home one day and says, oh, my friend has got puppies. Would you like puppies? And I'm like, okay, we live in an apartment now. There's no way I'm going to have to. I can't keep puppies in here. And and they would look so adorable. And my daughter said to me, Mom, we really got to have these puppies. Yeah, of course. Uh, at least one of them. So then, and then I thought, and I was like, what do we do? What do I do? Because I love them. And and so I thought, oh, it's a no-brainer. Get puppies. I think, oh, I can't remember now. I've got to give my husband some credit. I think he might have suggested, why don't you get them for the garden? Or something along those lines. Between the two of us, I thought, garden puppies, garden dogs. People invariably people who visit us to the garden would love the puppies or the dogs. So I he brought two of them home once and they we just fell in love with them, took them straight to the garden and settled them in. And my carpenter, the carpenter works with me. We we use a lot of pallet wood. That's another thing. We use we recycle yeah. a lot of pallet wood. So I created this beautiful kennel. I just showed him a picture and he's good like that. Show him a picture, he'll just recreate. And he he built the, this lovely kennel for them, and they are like, you know, part of the garden. They they're residents in the garden. Visitors love them. I mean, they've grown now, so I I have to say they're not as cuddly as they used to be, but they're still adorable. And I've got children who come to the garden only because of the dogs. There you are. So your your husband's got to be given credit for that, then. Yeah, so I have to give him credit. He he wasn't so sure about the names though. He wasn't sure Coco and Chanel. They need a, a, some more local names, he said to me. And I thought, no, okay, Chanel works for me. It's <laughs> so, very cool. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. it's just been amazing yeah. talking to you. It's like talking to a sort of pen pal. Um, you know, it's that just is what this is like. Yes. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And and I just cannot yeah. wait to see what you do. I cannot wait to meet you in person. Um, I would love to. Yeah. I, I think you you are doing something so different. You're just, well, you've totally inspired me. I can't believe it, what you've done. Um, I think the feeling is mutual because you, you you also inspire me a great deal, you and Anne-Marie both. And, and, I mean, hey, I think we can only learn from each other. 
and other yeah. and others as well. I mean, my, my I, I it would be remiss of me not to say that. I mean, my um my whole plan journey didn't start like just a few years ago because I grew up in in a home that had like loads of pots and plants and a very big garden actually and my mom I didn't know this my mom passed um about eight years passed away about eight years ago so we never really had a discussion about plants that I would have loved to have with her right now but she loved plants obviously because uh, we had loads of pots which we would water um we had a large garden I mean I remember my childhood was spent in the garden playing with friends and my siblings in the garden so and we had some fruit trees in our garden as well I remember we had a, a guava tree. Not very many people know about guavas. We had a mango tree. We had um, a lemon tree. We had an orange tree. And so so I kind of grew up in that environment. But I think subconsciously, I've always wanted to grow back into that, even though yeah. I live in an apartment, which obviously I don't have the ground to grow on. And so this garden has given me the, the space to do that. And to go back to what you were saying, I can only learn from you and and the rest of the my real garden gang as well as anybody else. So no, well I, I really appreciate this opportunity. I, I've already looked up how long the flight is. So um we'll see you shortly. <laughs> it's not as I long as I thought. <laughs> so it's only about six hours. A direct flight is only about six hours. And there are lots of flights, I mean, well, pre-COVID, they were like, you know, Air France, British Airways, KLM, they all flew into Ghana like daily. Okay. So, right. I, I mean, Accra, you need to come and visit. There's just so much to see here. You know, I think we take it for granted because, you know, we've got trees, we've got everything growing. And I keep saying that all you need to do is just plant something in Ghana. It grows. Oh, you know, we, we, we don't even, we don't know how lucky and blessed we are. We, it's just, yeah, amazing. You would need to come and visit. Okay. It's in the diary. Ah, well, thank you so much and have a lovely, lovely week in the garden. And um, thank you for coming on to Fresh from the Pod. Thank you for the opportunity, Tamsin. I really enjoyed this and and I hope that we can get to meet in person and exchange even more information and, yeah, help each other along on the journey. It was wonderful to talk to Rosalind. And um, I feel like I know her because I've been following her story with such excitement and I can't wait to meet her in person one day. But what it's confirmed to me, our conversation, is that although we garden in completely different parts of the world and different climates and environments, we've got so much in common and there's so much that we can learn from each other. Gardening is the most wonderful connector of people and I'm so grateful for that, which is just, it's just wonderful. Anyway, I'm sure that like me, you will agree that Rosalind's business will become well-rooted and grow at speed. So thanks for joining me. And until next time, happy gardening.